Well, as we know all too well, there is definitely such thing as recruiting peaks and recruiting valleys. The question today on May 23rd, after what happened this past weekend, after the news that broke last night about Keon Brown, are we indeed in a recruiting valley right now? I think the peaks are going to happen, and I think the peaks are going to happen this summer, maybe coming up next month in the month of June, Parker. So the way things currently sit right now, it's not going to be the norm moving forward, but can we qualify this as a recruiting valley right now for the uh, OU football program? Yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> we need some good news. Yeah, we, we really do. Uh, we need some good news. Uh, after what happened with Zadavian Sims this weekend, then you got Keon Brown, who was headed to Garden City Community College. So that means uh, through recruiting in last year's class, Jaquay's Petaway is going to be the only wide receiver at. Now, the question is, how big of a deal is this really? And I think at least for this year, it's not it's not a huge deal. Like, Keon Brown, I guess, would have had an opportunity to break through with an incredible training camp, but that was going to be really tough for him. Um, who knows if he would have ended up being a great player here. I don't think that we're ever really going to find that out now, to be honest with you. But in terms of this year, I, I don't think it's all that damaging. No, in terms of 2023, it doesn't hurt you a whole heck of a lot. It's more what Keon Brown would have been two, three years down the road than what he would have been this fall for Oklahoma because he wouldn't have had a ton of impact. But long term, the kid had a really high ceiling. And that's kind of part, and that's the majority of the reason why Oklahoma was willing to take a shot on him. Maybe not academically qualifying, maybe having some issues getting to Norman. They were willing to take a chance with the kid nonetheless because he was really talented and tore it up at OU's camp last year. But he's not going to make it. He's going to Garden City Community College, and your lone wide receiver signee in 2023 that's actually going to enroll is Jaquez Petaway. Yeah, and good thing Jaquez Petaway is a really good player. Uh -huh. He got a chance to uh, got a chance to uh, to really compete for a spot this year, and and, and maybe OU's still maybe OU's going to be okay at wide receiver in the end. Maybe Andrell Anthony is a star in the making. Maybe Jaleel Farouk's going to be your clear-cut number one guy. We'll, we'll see. But wide receiver is one of the bigger question marks on the team. So, Keon Brown not going to be on the roster. He's headed off to uh, Garden City. Text line's already popping off today, by the way. OU recruiting and Bud Light stock prices have a lot in common this month. Uh, Peyton says, me currently right now. And it has a photo of like a, a guy's uh, Facebook profile pic. And, well, he's not really smiling all that much right now. From the 918, so let me get this straight. We turned away a local product, Cole Adams and Malachi Coleman, for a kid that couldn't even make the grades. Seriously, how do you screw that up? Man, we're reliving well, this one, huh? K-Dub and the 918 bringing up uh, reopening old wounds here. Sheesh. It, and I'm not solely blaming it on this. I'm not solely blaming it on any one person or one line of thinking or one event in – time but when you go through three wide receiver coaches in the span of six months inevitably there's some stuff that's going to fall through the cracks and Keon Brown was committed while Kale Gundy was still the receivers coach at Oklahoma stuck it out with OU even after Gundy left uh, even though he flirted on social media with a bunch of other schools he always adhered to the visit policy and again watch the tape on the kid He's a really talented football player, and 
at that point in time when he committed, Cole Adams was kind of already gone. I don't think he officially committed until mid-June, but Bama was where that one was headed. And then I'll, I'll never be able to make sense of the Malachi Coleman deal. Yeah. But, you know, that's... Well, obviously they had a different opinion of, you know, what I think maybe of what we did and what a lot of people, a lot of other people had. Just a differing opinion of how um, he was as a football player, which we'll see how that one works out. Hey, do we... Uh, Sooner Gundy, that's amazing, and we're about to read that, I promise you. Um, but do we need to do a ritual to reverse the curse right now? I'm, I don't, maybe curse. I think curse is a very bad word to say now, right now. I don't know if we need to sacrifice a recruiting Karen live on the air to reverse things or what we need to do, but we need to get the good mojo back here. We need, we need to reverse this in a positive direction with recruiting. I made the joke at the top of the 12 o'clock hour that we needed to sacrifice a live chicken, and one of the texters sent me a picture of their Cane's box combo and said, yes. I'm already on it. Yeah, let's go. Cane sauce and all. Uh, sweet tea lemonade, They were doing ketchup, not cane sauce, which I was like, mm. hmm. Eh, eh, questionable. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to reverse things right now. I don't know if that's going to reverse. Got to. And I think next month, that like that, that's the thing, Parker, about – Zadavian Sims this weekend, and Lane Jenkins, if you're bummed out about that one, and Keon Brown going to junior college, at least seemingly right now, it feels like uh, you, you can have some confidence, and I do. All right, things are going to get better here. It's just recruiting peaks and valleys. Like, that's how this thing works. You just got to hold on, and good news is on the way. But it feels like we're going to have to wait a few weeks, at least until month uh, next month, for some good news. I think some surprising news could obviously happen, but you might have to wait a few weeks until we still, we, you know, we get back on those good vibes here. Can we read this from Sooner Gundy? Yeah, yeah, but you have it, to do it in the uh, yeah, 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 in the flow obviously. of the song. Uh, <laughs> Sooner Gundy texted, "Take me down to the Garden City where the grades are low and the football's crappy. Crappy. Take me down to the Garden City when the grades are low and the football's crappy. Yeah, that nice job, Sooner Gundy. That was fantastic." <laughs> Somebody from the 405 said there's a major league joke in there, but Parker's probably too young to understand it. you never seen major league before? Never seen One, major league. One, two. Wow, that's disappointing. I know. Hmm. Well, while we're waiting on OU's next commit and just kind of hanging around, maybe you can uh, check out major league one or two. N no real reason for you to watch major league three. I'll save you some time there. Just watch the uh, first and second one. Okay, and, uh, sounds and, good. And, and we'll be good. I didn't even know there. there was a sequel. Oh, well, I thought that that's what you were referring to, is sacrificing a live chicken when Serrano says that in the movie. That's, I heard you say that last show, and I thought, I was like, oh, okay, Parker's seen Major League before. No, that's they just did kind of do that in, on the movie. That's just kind of become embedded in culture as something to reverse a hex that I didn't even realize that was a uh, that had its origins with okay, the Major well, League Let's movie. Let's figure out ways. Let's, let's devote the show today to reasonable things that we can do. To reverse the hex that's uh, that's going on right now. I, I guess one way to do that is to get a commit from an OU legacy at tight end. That would help out seemingly a little bit, right? Dude, I am – now, I'm biased on this one. All okay. Right? Yeah, naturally. I, I, but I'm happy – yes, naturally, you're right. I'm happy about this offer because his dad is a family friend because I'm from Chickasha. Steven Alexander played high school football at Chickasha. So, seeing Cooper Alexander getting the offer today at tight end, I I love I love all of that. And I know that there's a crystal ball to Iowa State in for him, and that's been the case for a couple of weeks. But, man, I, I got to think with the offer, if it's a committable offer for Cooper Alexander. And it always is when you're yeah, talking about an in-state kid. And, and, and I, I, I got to think that's maybe OU, right, the second isn't the leader, but I, I got to think OU is 
obviously one of the top targets uh, or top options now for Cooper Alexander. It's kind of hard to see that kid not be in the center I mean, in the right, right now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, isn't it? Hey, and thank God they listened to us, okay? Let's not let another high-profile tight end from around the Norman area get out of state because we've seen how that or what's happened there a couple of times. Most notably at Iowa State, where he had a uh, where he had a crystal ball too, or I guess just in the state of Iowa with George Kittle as well, going to to play for the Iowa Hawkeyes, but. All right, here's another high-profile tight end target from the Norman area, and you're offering him. So we'll see what Cooper Alexander does in the next month or two. But this is, I feel like this is by far and away the most high-profile offer he has at this point. He's got an Iowa State offer, a Vandy offer. He recently got a Miami offer, I think, last week. But OU's the best offer he has right now. Yeah, without question. And I know he's high on Iowa State, been there multiple times, going to go back for an OV. But it's OU, man, it's right down the road from home. It's where his dad played. It makes all the sense in the world for Cooper Alexander to be a member of Oklahoma's 2024 class. Yeah, and his dad was a very underrated tight end at the University of Oklahoma and was a pro bowler uh, one year up there in Washington. Cooper Alexander gets an OU offer, what, about an hour, an hour and a half ago? Uh, 12.46 p.m. Yeah, at least that's when he tweeted it out, right, is that uh-huh. he got the offer. Six foot four, 225 pounds. Uh, the frame looks good. He's athletic, and he's one of two very good tight ends uh, playing for Washington who won the state championship last year. The question, though, is, you know, we've talked about Cooper Alexander and Nate Roberts, the other tight end at Washington. Mm-hmm. We've always just counted on Devon Mitchell. Like, okay, well, we'll see what OU does with those two tight ends, but feels like Devon Mitchell's going to reclassify to 2024, and you're going to get him. Yep. Who's a five-star tight end in the 2025 class. Is that all still true? Yes. Are they just going to take two tight ends in 24? Like, why did Cooper Alexander today get the offer? Obviously, I, I've been on the air since the offer happened, so I haven't really had the chance to circle around with sources to get some definitive insight on the situation. But my, he, here's my theory, Tyler. Well, I have two theories. One is that they just decided they need to take a second tight end in 2024, which, I mean, hey, this time last year, they were looking at taking two tight ends in the class of 2023. That was the plan. And then come September, they decided, nope, we're taking one tight end. That's what we're going to do. So the numbers can change. The calculus can be altered, certainly. But perhaps it's also a sign that they aren't feeling as good as they once felt about Xavier Robinson. Yeah. And again, that's me reading between the lines, but Robinson was a guy that was going to be that H-back type at Oklahoma. And if you look at what Cooper Alexander has done at Washington High, he's a guy that can fill that role as well. He can do a little bit of everything on the football field. He's very well-rounded as an athlete. And so you can foresee him fitting into that same type of versatile offensive role that Xavier Robinson would fit into at Oklahoma, even if you're less inclined to hand Cooper Alexander the ball out of the backfield than you probably are with Xavier Robinson. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what Cooper Alexander – I got to think, though, that um, if he gets that OU offer, um, my guess would be that he commits to that class, but it's still very early on in in that process for sure. The recruiting doomer says Steven Alexander, the most underrated tight end in OU history. I'm not going to fight you on that one. Is he the – did Jermaine Gresham ever make a Pro Bowl at Arizona or in Cincinnati? I don't think so. 
So I know Stephen. Oh, Mark Andrews has obviously made a Pro Bowl. Sure. So Stephen Alexander's not the only tight end to make a Pro Bowl because Mark Andrews <laughs> absolutely has. Uh, OU coaches must have known about Brown. That's why all the uh, wide receiver offers in the portal. Well, they at least knew that there was a chance of that being yeah. the case. And again, this has been a predicament for quite some time. The OU staff knew when they took a commitment from Keon Brown, there's a chance he may never make it. And so, yeah, they were proactive in looking for portal guys this spring, and they got a good one in Brennan Thompson. From the 620, looks like a and I just want to put this to bed. Looks like A&M, who wasn't even in his top ten earlier this month, dropped a bag on Williams-Nuineri. Thoughts on how that changes things? No, A&M did not drop a bag. Not yet. Not yet, anyway. They're, they're listen, waiting. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but what I am saying is Jamar Mosey and the folks at LSN are not exactly simpatico with Texas A&M as a university. and That's why we get along so well, them, them and I, yeah. I I, uh, I, I kind of go with that, too. You know that. Now, Nwaneri took the visit, and I, Isaiah Mosey took the visit as well because a former teammate of theirs, well, I guess they never overlapped, but another former Lee Summit North kid, Christian Carter, transfer wide receiver from Pitt State, got an offer from Texas A&M last week, and that's a school he's considering heavily in the portal. So it was an opportune time for them to make the trip. I am not of the opinion that A&M is a final contender for Will Nwaneri absent an enormous bag because if there is an enormous bag tyler you can you you can't issue definitives at that point if we learned anything from the david hicks saga it's that even if the kid isn't inclined to jump in a bag there will be somebody in his circle true, man. who will say no that's too much money for you not to it, say recruiting yes. has always been unpredictable always but i think recruiting is more unpredictable now than it's probably ever been um, but again, like again, it's always been unpredictable going on for several decades now, but now, man, there are just so many prospects out there. You insert NIL into the equation and, uh, man, you really don't know what you're going to get, uh, from the nine, one, eight, win more than six games that can reverse the curse. So there's at least a start on some idea on how we can do this. Also, my heart is filled with a lot of hate. Uh, someone left ESPNU on the TV here in studio and they're showing like the uh, Miami 30 for 30. And it's the early 2000s part of the uh, documentary, that, that, that era. Um, currently, Greg Olson is uh, rapping, which is what he got in trouble for. Some of you will uh, remember exactly what Greg Olson said in that rap. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, early 2000s. I mean, I hate Miami still today, but early 2000s Miami is when I really started to hate the U. So I might have to uh, change the channel today. I don't, I don't know if I can watch this the, the entire hour. All right, we know about Zadavian Sims. So what's next at defensive line for OU? We'll get into that next. whole lot more OU football recruiting on the other side. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Ref Army listening nationwide today via the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the app store. Pensacola, Florida is tuned in today. Springboro, Ohio. Lincoln, California. What do you think Lincoln, California is like? A lot of avocado toast up out there in uh, Lincoln, California. I'm surprised Muleshoe doesn't live there. He may. Given his ego <laughs> and the fact that he drives a Lincoln. <laughs> uh, yeah, but also a lot of avocado toast out there. This is a new one. Hortonville, Wisconsin is tuned in interesting. today. Interesting. Very interesting. Indianapolis, Indiana, Hampstead, North Carolina. Clinton, Oklahoma, does that meet, meet our uh, parameters for a small town of the day? 
I'm willing just to I'm willing to just give it to uh, Clinton, Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna check you on this. Okay. The threshold is ten thousand. Has to be less than ten thousand. Clinton comes in at 9033 Okay, you're good. Perfect. Brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations at OKC and on Main Street in Norman. Shop K&N for all your home furnishing and design needs, offering both new and custom furniture. The original one-stop shop. Uh, congrats to Micah Bowen. He's going to go play at Charlotte next year. And his second game on the schedule is against Mac Brown and the North Carolina Tar Heels. So we'll see if uh, old uh, Bowen can have a nice career at Charlotte. Or a nice year, I guess, at Charlotte. I, I, my money is on Micah Bowen's never making a start for Charlotte. Mm. That is interesting. It's one man's opinion. You have the quarterback death chart out there in uh, Charlotte already? I do not, but I don't really – it doesn't, doesn't really matter to me as far as that prognostication Man. goes. Who else is that. on the death chart? I'm just going to count on Micah Bowen's not being number one. Uh, what's what's next at defensive line? I guess what's the what's the next move here? Is it just as simple as continue to recruit who you've been recruiting? Does someone take the place of Zadavian Sims on the recruiting board? Like we we've covered everything that happened. So what's what's next now? As far as defensive linemen specifically, is that yeah yeah? I mean, is is there anyone? Is is a new name going to be added to the board now with Zadavian Sims off of it there with interior? Um, just like I guess, what's the what's the plan here for the next one to two months? I mean, we we know all the familiar names here. It's just could there be any potential surprises along the way, or anything to look out for? I would say what I'm gonna be curious to find out is whether there are any offers given out at OU's camp. Well, I guess, shoot, we're not much more than a week away from the very first camp session. So, generally, there are a few offers. There'll be more than a few offers given out to rising juniors based on camp performances. And in some cases, there are offers handed out to rising seniors. You rewind to last year, a couple guys that stand out. One, Josiah Wagoner. Yep. And, may he rest in peace, Keon Brown. So... He is not dead, everyone. He's yeah, no, just he's at not Garden dead. City Community <laughs> College. His just career at, o- at OU might be dead. Pray for Keon Brown. Not dead, just going Juco. Um, so, yeah, I mean, based on how camp goes throughout the first couple of weeks of June, I can see some new offers potentially going out to 24 kids, and there may be a kid here or there that jumps on the offer pretty quickly like Keon Brown does. But outside of that, at this point, I think you're waiting for official visits before – you get any tangible good news. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Reese in San Antonio says, what's up with all the recent Bama offers to Oklahoma kids? Looks like four in the last couple of days between 24 and 25 classes. What's the impact to OU's chances with them now? Bama making some moves in state here. Yeah, they are, and they just offered Devin Jordan last night. Got it on pretty good authority that that offer is immediately committable, and he is expected to take an official visit to Alabama next month. So that's going to be (laughs) – Well, well, the question was, what's the impact to OU's chances with them now? I mean, obviously this makes it – like if OU led, then this is like one of the it's, very few offers that it's like, oh, hold on now, we'll yeah, see. It's going to make it tougher for Oklahoma. It's going to make it a lot tougher. That's not to say they don't end up with the kid, but the mountain just got a lot steeper when it comes to getting Devin Jordan's commitment. But 
It's the second straight class where Alabama has maintained a strong presence in the state of Oklahoma. And, as and far I don't. As offers. I I wouldn't want that to happen from the OU side of things. Like I I still think you know more times than not OU is going to do a good job in the in the state. But you don't want a mini pipeline, I guess, for Alabama and Oklahoma kids. You know, like you already had Cole Adams go last year. I don't think that you necessarily want to make it a trend to where, like, an Oklahoma kid every single year is going to Alabama. You know what I mean? I still think OU's going to get Oklahoma kids, and, you know, that, that that's going to happen. But Bama making offers every single year and having a chance at the top in-state kids is not necessarily something you want, obviously. Well, I think it's Bama fighting fire with fire, though. When you're prepared for a team that recruits as well as Oklahoma does to step into your territory in terms of – the conference, as you prepare for Oklahoma to make the transition to the SEC, what you know is that Oklahoma is going to start recruiting out of your backyard even more so than they already do. So the natural shot across the bow is to at least offer a bunch of kids from the state of Oklahoma, offer a bunch of the top guys, and let them know, hey, you want to come to our backyard? We'll come to yours. Two can play at that game. 918, about damn time Cooper Alexander got the OU offer. Amen to that. Well, I'm happy about it, too. I'll just say this, um, and it has nothing to do with Cooper Alexander as a player. It just has to do with Devon Mitchell and kind of how I thought recruiting at tight end was going to look in 2024. I don't know about you, Parker, but I'm surprised that we're hearing now that Cooper Alexander got the offer. I'm surprised that in late May – he got the offer. Again, that's nothing about him as a player. It's just, oh, you felt all in on with Devon Mitchell. It looked like they were just going to take one tight end. I'm happy about it. I just thought the offer, if it was going to happen, was going to come like maybe during the season or something like that. It does make sense, though, because Xavier Robinson is trending to Notre Dame, at least based on the best intel that I have right now. And so... If, Notre Dame, if Oklahoma can hold off Notre Dame for Xavier Robinson, so be it. But if that trend continues and he takes that official visit up there to South Bend at the beginning of June and he decides to lock in with the Fighting Irish, the question we would naturally be asking is, where does OU go now with the spot that presumably was going to be Xavier Robinson's? And the natural answer, I think, when you be- begin to look, especially within the local radius, is you want a versatile football player? a guy that can do a bit of everything and that has an athletic profile that lends itself to being able to do a little bit of everything, Cooper Alexander is literally in your backyard in Washington, Oklahoma, blowing up with P5 offers this spring. A legacy, a kid that wants to be a Sooner, why not make that offer? Sure. And it makes sense. The Sooners did it. Yeah, no, it makes sense for sure. Again, Cooper Alexander, six foot four, 225 pounds, according to... To his uh, Twitter page, that's his measurables. Maybe he's uh, six foot five now as he uh, gets ready to go into his senior year. And we mention all the time that there's two stud tight ends out there at Washington. Um, not only did Cooper Alexander get the OU offer, Nate Roberts just got the Alabama offer. And that's one of the Alabama offers that uh, our texter in San Antonio, Reese, was referring to. Now, we don't talk a whole lot about Nate Roberts here. He got a Bama offer recently, a Notre Dame offer recently. He's got an impressive offer list. Is OU in on Nate Roberts at all, or are they going to be out? Because he is is he 25? He is is 25. 25 Yeah, look, Nate Roberts is on the Luke Has trajectory, which is to say he is going to have every major offer in the country by the end of this fall, if not sooner. And so he's going to effectively have his pick of the litter. 
And so even with him just 20 minutes down the road in Washington, he's not necessarily a guy that you want to count on being in your 25 class. If he ends up in it, great. And it certainly helps that he comes from a Crimson and Cream family. But OU didn't recruit his brother, who went to North Texas and eventually transferred to Baylor. Wonder if that comes into play. Also, when you are a tight end and you're evaluating which programs nationally give you the best opportunity to make it to the league from the tight end position, obviously you're going to look at schools like Notre Dame and Alabama and Penn State that make heavy use of the tight end, that incorporate multiple tight ends in the offense. Oregon is another school that fits the bill in this regard. And it's not going to be an open and shut deal for Oklahoma, the same way it wasn't for Luke Has. They would have had to sweat that one out even if Mule Shoe hadn't left and even if he'd stayed committed to Oklahoma. So it's by no means a sure thing that you get Nate Roberts, but you do have the proximity advantage, if nothing else. I uh, I love these two texts, okay? This is from the same listener, 903 Area Code. This was at 530 yesterday, Parker. Yesterday's show was, it was not the craziest we've ever had or ever done, but it was, you know, somewhere in the top 10, somewhere around there. This text at 530 yesterday says, well, guys, I'm going to check out until media days. I can't take this defensive line uncertainty anymore. Today at 230, I told y'all and myself I was going to take a break from recruiting until media days, and here I am, glutting for punishment. (laughs) There are better days ahead for OU football recruiting, and it's going to happen this cycle. I believe it. But we still don't have an answer uh, or a ritual on how to reverse the curse. we got to figure that out. Just when you think you're out, they pull you right back in. Recruiting is tough to pry yourself away from. It's like it, at certain times, it's like, well, the old adage about the car crash, right? You, you, you don't want to watch, but you can't really pull your attention away from it. It was yesterday. The way the way I love to phrase it is, you hate to see it, but you love to watch it. Yeah, it's uh, it's got its own unique storylines, that's for sure. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to more of your texts coming up next. Also, now that Keon Brown's not going to be on the roster next year, he's headed to JUCO. Does that have any impact whatsoever on incoming true freshman Jacoby Johnson? We'll throw that around next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio on this Tuesday. Keon Brown heading to Garden City Community College will not be with the Sooners next year. So does that impact a potential true freshman? Jacoby Johnson... Was a four-star athlete at a Mustang. He is going to has has he already enrolled? I mean, he wasn't available during the spring. He wasn't. He didn't go through spring ball or anything. Now, you had always had the theory that you thought that he might be best at wide receiver anyway, and that he was going to end up there anyway. Does Keon Brown going to JUCO accelerate the timeline for Jacoby Johnson being a wide receiver at OU? God, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Be really fun to see Jacoby Johnson on the offensive side of the ball for Oklahoma. And look, this is something that I have repeatedly stated for upwards of a year now. Like, I think Jacoby Jacoby Johnson is better suited to play wide receiver than defensive back at Oklahoma, and that's no knock on his skills as a defensive back, but more so an active promotion of his skills at wide receiver because he is a dang good wide receiver. And so from where I stand, and it seemed like when we brought this up in the 12 o'clock hour, the text line was – 
pretty heavily on that side as well. They want to see Jacoby Johnson at wideout for Oklahoma. And for where the wide receiver room sits right now in terms of proven depth and in terms of guys that, you, you know, you look at them and you figure, okay, not only do they have the athletic tools to succeed, but they're also showing promising growth to the point that we can expect them to be quality contributors down the line. I don't know if you have enough of those guys right now in the wide well, receiver you, room. You and, don't. As of right now, you don't yeah. have. And like, I, I'm excited about Nick Anderson's future. I think a lot of people are excited to see more Gavin Freeman this fall. I think DJ Graham presents some intrigue as he changes positions. But at the end of the day, you still have only two guys that have caught more than three passes at Oklahoma in Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops. So – there's certainly a window there for Jaquay's Petaway to have an impact right on the bat, right off the bat, and I think there is just as much of an impact for Jacoby Johnson if he comes in and plays wide receiver to be able to see the field and contribute in year one because he is as athletic and as gifted as they come. Well, and that kind of goes to my point is, you know, regardless of what your preference is, if he's a defensive back or a wide receiver – I think he's good enough to be a really good player at either of those spots, which is a nice luxury to have. But depending on what your wide receiver situation looks like, yeah, I wouldn't be all that surprised if by the end of year one, Jacoby Johnson is over with the wide receivers. Maybe he starts as a defensive back, and if the wide receiver core is better than we expect, then he just kind of stays as a defensive back throughout his career. But if the uh, the wide receiver position is not looking much better, then maybe they do throw him over there as a true freshman. Here's, he can have an impact. Here's we'll kind of the, as, succinct, as succinctly as I can put it for Jacoby Johnson. He is a plug-and-play guy right now at wide receiver. I don't think he is a plug-and-play guy right now at defensive back. Having watched him play both sides of the ball at the high school level – he is more than capable of playing both sides in the P5 and having success. But right now, today, if you're looking for him to make an impact in 2023, I am of the opinion that that only happens on the offense. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally I, – because I think the defensive backs – I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the safeties mostly, but even at corner, I, I think safety could be your best position group on the team this year. In fact, if I were to rank them right now, I would probably put safety at number one. Um, corners, they may not be at number two, but they're not going to be that far behind. Like, I, I think defensive back as a whole is could be a strong suit for OU this year. Yeah, I, I, feel, look, I feel good about that. Yeah, spot. they are deep, but as Josiah Wagner has proven, you show up and you're that dude, then you're going to rise up the depth chart in a hurry no matter what kind of seniority you have or don't have. For Jacoby Johnson, I just think he's far more raw sure. as a defensive back than he is as a wide receiver. Like. I remember watching that guy as a junior in high school. I remember specifically they played Norman, and it was a game. I can't remember the final score, but it was a barn burner. It was like 59 to 50. I think I called that game. Didn't Norman High end up winning at they the did. end? There was like four touchdowns in the final three and a half minutes or something yeah, crazy like that. Yeah, it was bonkers. It was bonkers. Norman won with no time on the clock, Actually, as I recall. Uh, me and my uh, broadcast partner, Andrew Himes, I believe won an OAB award for uh, for that football nice. game. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm sure the action didn't hurt. Well, that's um, the only reason why we won it. Really? I'm convinced, yeah. Yeah, you had a lot of exciting opportunities for calls. Down we the couldn't be good now. in that game, then we couldn't be good in any game. Well, so, I just, you know, but I, you'll remember then just how wondrous Jacoby Johnson's performance was that day. Now, 
Mustang also had Andre Dollar, who, uh, who ended, ended up, up going, going to Oregon. Washington State. Oh, oh, he didn't go to Oregon as a tight end. He no, went to he go went to, to Washington yeah. State. That's where he ended up, and he was a blue chipper as a tight end in that cycle. But Jacoby Johnson, more so than anybody else that night, stole the show, and that was the case for the majority of his high school career. But a lot of his highlights, man, they came on the offensive side because that guy with the ball in his hands is something else. Uh, let's see. Could he be a Travis Hunter type player? Says Brian in Tulsa. Um, I I wouldn't I I wouldn't uh, project that to be a Travis Hunter type player. Um, you just don't see a whole lot of two way players in college football right now. I mean, yeah. really, Travis Hunter's kind of the only one. And we ran down the list of last two way player at OU, and it's it's been a while since OU's had one of those guys. And though I do think Jacoby Johnson could be a, a good player at either spot, I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't project that now, and I wouldn't project that at any other point in his career. From the 620, you guys crack me up. Johnson and Petaway are not playing as freshmen. From what we saw from BV in year one, how can you possibly speculate a freshman playing at OU? Well, let's think here. Our Mason Thomas played. Our Mason Thomas played a whole heck of a lot. Javante Barnes played a whole heck of a lot. Gavin Sawchuck at bowl game, but he played. Um, RSJ played. Canick played a little bit. I mean, Canick played. Canick was playing in the Nebraska game. A lot. Yeah. Jacob Sexton and Jake Taylor both played in enough games that they couldn't redshirt. Did you say Jaden Gibson? I knew it was sparingly, but he at least got in game. When, when they would do that, um, the different offensive package, he would come in the game last year, and he had some yeah. chances early on. Yeah, look, Oklahoma But there's plenty of examples of true freshmen that played last yeah, year. Yeah, and they weren't leaning on freshmen, but I think in an ideal world, you're not leaning on any freshmen. And we're talking and- about a position that, you know – I think a lot of people have a chance to contribute next <laughs> There's year. There's a lot of uncertainty in that receiver room. And so I'm not suggesting that OU has to lean on Jacoby Johnson and Jaquay's Petaway, but what I am suggesting is there's a window for those guys to have the same type of impact this year that R. Mason Thomas and Javante Barnes did last year. Uh, text line is wanting you to drop the future cast, drop a live future cast for Cooper Alexander to OU. So I don't know if you want to go ahead and do that before you get out of here in 15 minutes, but that is uh, that's a request. Yeah, Gavin Freeman was a walk-on <sighs> true freshman, and he scored a touchdown in the first half of the first game. They so want the live game. future cast, huh? Yeah, you you doing it? He's on his phone. He's on his phone. I think he's going to the rivals page, the login page. Are are we in the process of this right now? You look totally focused By and dialed in right now. demand. Is it, is it happening? It. Oh, my gosh, it's happening. I'll do it. You're hearing it. it. You're only hearing this live on the ref. Only hearing this live on the ref. That's like David Payne would say. Only hearing this live on the ref. Parker's a dro- about to drop a live future cast for Cooper, Ale- uh, Cooper Alexander o- to OU. There you go. It's done. Is it, it, it's in? It's done? It's in. Well, it's there you go. What else do you need? We try to provide for you on a uh, daily basis. Maybe that is it. Maybe that's what we needed to reverse the curse right now with things. All right? We've been experiencing a valley so far this week. Maybe the peak's about to happen. Maybe Cooper Alexander commits by the end of the week. Who knows? That would at least give us some good vibes heading into Memorial Day weekend. I mean, realistically, how long do you think it takes that kid to commit to OU? I mean, it's okay. His dad, everyone knows the, the situation there. It's the offer that he's been waiting on. At least I would guess, right? So when you got the offer that you've been waiting on for a while, um, now his dad's, he went through the recruiting process, so maybe he's telling him to be patient and just kind of, you know, let things play out a bit. But if you get the offer that you've been waiting on, 
and you're an OU fan and you, you're like a Norman kid, essentially, I wouldn't think it would take very long. Brian, until <laughs> instead of a News 9 tornado warning, it's a KREF live future. We need to get that sponsored, man. We need to, we need to go ahead and do that. But there it is. The live future cast is in. Parker Thune puts it in. Cooper Alexander to, uh, to Oklahoma. How about that? I didn't think that we were going to get a live future cast on the air today to OU, so good news is at least starting to happen this week. Not a bad thing. All right, we got one final segment of Locked In coming up next. Fill up the text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to more next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. By the way, Logan Thomas, four-star edge from Katy, Texas, Katy Paytel. Uh, he did get Fong to Notre Dame earlier today. Six foot three, two hundred and ten. Yeah, he's he's going to be committing to Notre Dame, and I I can't remember what date he set, but Notre Dame is the overwhelming favorite to get the pledge, and it's going to be pretty. I can't remember what it, what day he said he was committing, but it's very soon, and it looks like it's going to be the Fighting Irish. Somebody from the eight one seven says, "No wonder Parker is wrong so much. He just puts in a forecast because a texter wants him to without actually talking to the kid." Look, if you didn't pick up on the fact that it was a bit, I can't really help you. But OU legacy <laughs> right down the road, dream offer. <laughs> you tell me, what am I missing here? I've been out to see the kid uh, face to face. It's not really a secret. He's been waiting on the OU offer. That was a forecast that I was going to put in by the end of the day, one way or another. Unbelievable. C4 definitely has the right name. They blew up a bridge with Oklahoma this weekend. Ooh, okay. Uh, what's the over-under line on these recruits, and what do you take? They have Winery Stone, Sammy Brown, Wesco McKinley, Joseph Jonah Ajonye, and Taylor Tate. And we, so you got seven names there. Yeah. Um, over-under. Um, Winery is – okay, we'll, we'll do a quick one area you still feel good about. I do. Um, Stone, you still feel good about. I mean, yeah. Sammy Brown, no. same thing is true today as it was a month ago. That's going to be tough. Westco, you still feel good about even after the USC visit. Um, McKinley, that's maybe one of the more intriguing ones on this Not list. Not counting on it. Joseph Jonah Ajonye, still feel good, but it's going to be... Not not as not a tougher battle than you thought, but it's going to be a tough battle there with Georgia. They made a move this weekend. It will be. And Taylor Tatum, that last guy, I feel good about Oklahoma and the four star running back out of Longview, Texas. So I I would set the over under at four point five right now because I think five of those guys are leaning Oklahoma as things stand, or will be leaning Oklahoma after OV season. I think one gets away. So I'll set. Mm, I might even be too optimistic. I don't want to set expectations too high. I'll say they get four of the seven. There you go. Four of the seven. From the 405, any real buzz behind Sims saying he's taking Stone with him to Oregano? <laughs> I think they meant Oregon. Uh, I know they meant Oregon. Yes, there is real buzz there because you got to think that Oregano is going to drop a massive uh, bag at some point for David Stone. They know that they have some recruiting momentum. Now they have a kid with Oklahoma ties. They're going to go after the kid with uh, the other kid with Oklahoma ties. Yeah, look, I still think Oklahoma leads, but I, I think you can make that concession while also acknowledging that Oregon is in position to fight and win an NIL battle with anybody. And if enough money is there, it's hard for a kid and his family to say no. Right? So if Oregon comes along and I, – 
I'm just spitballing numbers here, but if Oregon wants to throw $10 million at David Stone, you think David Stone's going to go anywhere but Oregon? If you were in David Stone's shoes, would you go anywhere Oh, Oregon? no. Oh, I remember I tweeted out like David Stone. I'm not – my decision will not be based on NIL. <laughs> I'm w- just saying. I, w- I wonder if he could have that If he could have that tweet back, if he would uh, take that one back. Someone's yeah, listen, throwing $10 million at you. I, I'm just telling you, like, if I'm in David Stone's shoes, and I think this is a pretty popular sentiment, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, I'd commit just about anywhere for $10 bucks. From the 918, let's try to get a couple more before you get out of here. I wouldn't rule Sammy Brown out from coming to Oklahoma. A lot of guys sign elsewhere, can't qualify and return there after the JUCO routes. Oh, you're talking about Keon Brown. Sorry. I wouldn't rule Keon Brown out from coming to Oklahoma. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll just see what kind of career he has at Garden City. Let's see what kind of, you know, OU's wide receiver situation is. It's, it's far from a guarantee that he'll ever end up at OU. But completely rule it out, yeah, like, that's fine if you want to approach it that way. That's okay. Yeah, I'm just saying, that guy isn't, he doesn't have the depth of relationships with OU that a lot of his peers in the class have just because he hasn't spent a whole lot of time around the campus. He hasn't spent a whole lot of time around the guys that are members of that signing class as well. It was very much a situation where he committed OU, and that was pretty much it. Uh, Big Rich in OKC says, should we boycott Nike so Oregon goes broke? OU's moving to a Reebok school. You heard it here first. Just like Texas was a Reebok school at night, or at least go to Adidas school. How about that? You ready to report that OU's going to be Adidas school to try to uh, keep the uh, the money flow away from Oregon? I think OU Might should be well. a New Balance school. <laughs> Even better. All right, uh, the rush coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref.